0: Welcome to the Inside Aesthetics Podcast. We host real conversations with real experts from around the world. Away from the filtered bubble of social media, our aim is to educate listeners and explore any topic in the cosmetic and wellness space. We also get a unique insight into the business minds of the entrepreneurs and
1: pioneers who have helped shape our industry. This podcast and its related publications provide news and general information about procedures and products. You should seek professional medical advice and assessment before considering any treatment.
0: Our guest today is Fiona Tuck, a nutritional medicine and skincare expert who's joined us on the podcast several times before. We caught up on Zoom during the peak of the lockdown to get some tips on how to improve our immune systems. Good morning, Fiona. Thank you for coming back for, I think it's your fourth episode now with
2: us. Is it really? (laughs) Wow. Well, always a pleasure to speak to you too. Yeah, I think
0: it's uh, a record uh, back for your fourth. Um, So, Obviously, in this whole climate of COVID and, you know, we can't see each other, talk to each other. We're doing a Zoom chat. So apologies to our listeners if the audio is a little bit suboptimal, but it seems to be working so far. Um, Fiona, what's been happening on your end? What how's well, obviously business is affected, but what have you been up to?
2: What have I been up? Well, you know, I've just been so busy. Well, actually, I have been busy because with everything going online, there's been a lot of media wanting to know about immune system. We've also been doing a lot of interviews about because of the skincare centres or closing down, how you can look after yourself at home, the pros and cons of home skincare, et cetera. So actually I've been really busy. There's also been a lot of online training available for people from the skin industry just wanting to keep busy and, and having something to do. So there's quite a few people calling on educators to do some free online training. So, for anyone listening that wants to do some additional training, there's quite a lot out there at the moment. So, I've actually been really busy.
0: Yeah, and same in the injectable world. I mean, obviously, we can't inject people or see people, but there's a lot of online education going on. Every day, there's some sort of random webinar from somewhere in the world. And actually, it's kind of a really nice time to reboot and revise and educate and sort of connect with people in a different way. So, there are some weird positives coming out of this, but yeah, it's pretty frustrating. Um, in terms of actual sort of work and, you know, seeing clients, are you still meaning to do that through Zoom or online sort of consults?
2: Well, with Soul, what we do is we, we're keeping on uh, online with our Facebook. We've got a private Facebook group for all of our stockists, so we're keeping them updated. We're doing a lot of training. I've got a training coming up on pigmentation and the impact of nutrition on that. So um, we are keeping in contact with them and trying to keep them motivated and educated. So that's really what what I've been doing there. Obviously, all the skin centres being closed has made things very challenging um, for sales and we're trying to get the message out there as much as we, we possibly can. And that's really all we can do. But we're also trying to help with business um, ideas as well so that when people do come back and open, they're coming back with a, a bang and they're refreshed and they're excited rather than closing down, saying goodbye to their clients for three months or however long it's going to be and then reopening, we're trying to encourage people to stay connected and to use this time in a really positive way to learn new information and really um, look at what they can do in their business to really take their business to the next level.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how willing people are to go back to work after getting used to working from home for so long it's going to be an adjustment period. People are like, oh, I like this stuff, working from home. Um, But just to backtrack for a sec, um, you mentioned VitaSol right at the beginning of the podcast. And as Jake mentioned, you've been on with us now four times and a lot of our listeners who are familiar with our podcast know what VitaSol is. But I guess in the current environment of Corona and people having an emphasis on doing what they can to boost their immune systems, could you just give us a little bit of a breakdown of what VitaSol is and I guess what the benefits may be of, of a product like that during these times when we're doing what we can to stay healthy?
2: Sure. Well, vitosol really is about providing nutrition internally to support skin, skin health. So Vitacil is going to have an effect on overall health and wellness, but we specifically are um, using ingredients to help support skin health. And one of the ways we do that is really by targeting gut health. So looking at prebiotics, which really in my mind is a really important factor when we're looking at helping general health well-being skin health but of course immune health as well and so um We did find, actually, before all the skin centers closed down, it was actually going nuts because not only were people wanting to use Vitusol to help with specific skin conditions, they were also very aware of the importance of the gut immune connection. And because our products are so fantastic at helping to support gut health, then, of course, everybody was going nuts to um, really support that therefore supporting their immune system and um, so we did notice that that was a a big turnaround for us which was which was fantastic so I I guess what's really important now is that people don't just stay at home and then sort of become potatoes you know couch potatoes and (laughs) eating the wrong food and and not exercising and then throw everything out of the window, it's really a really fantastic time to start looking at what we can do to take care of our health, not only for our skin health, but of course for our immune health as well. And there's so much information at the moment, people saying, what can we do to support our immune system? And there's a lot of terminology being thrown out there, you know, things such as immune boosting or, um, I think we have to be careful with the terminology that we use, especially when we're sort of working within that health arena. Because when we're actually talking about boosting the immune system, really what that is implying is that we're stimulating the immune system. And we don't really want to be doing that because when we look at what stimulating the immune system means, it's really meaning. having almost an autoimmune response or an allergic-type response. So really... The term boosting is something that I would really encourage people to be moving away from and it's more about what we can do to support the immune system because if you think about the immune system, it really is something that is very intricate, highly sophisticated and in order for it to be working well, it needs to be working in perfect harmony and balance. So it's really more about supporting and balancing the immune system rather than boosting it
0: Um, that's a really interesting point you said a moment ago about people sort of suddenly uptaking vitisol and getting really motivated to try and boost or whatever word you want to use the immune system how uh, you know why do you think it is that people need to panic before they think about their diet or, or or their immune system
2: I think general human nature, we all want that quick fix. And I think it's it's like dieting. It's like weight loss. It's it's even, I guess, like injectables too, Jake. It's really people want to do whatever they can for that quick fix. But unfortunately, mm. when it comes to the immune system, it really is this highly intricate and complex system. Um, it consists of organs, specialised cells, chemicals that monitor and fight pathogens. And it's not as simple as just one nutrient that is going to fix or boost that. We need a um, variety of different nutrients that are going to help to support all of these systems, you know, things like the antibodies, the white blood cells, the lymphatic system, the spleen, the thymus, the bone marrow. We need a complexity of nutrients. So it's not as simple as just taking one or two nutrients. And I think You know, sales in vitamin C supplements, for instance, are going through the roof, echinacea, zinc. If you are not, first of all, looking at that diet and looking at lifestyle, looking at the things that we can do to support the immune system, just popping a pill and eating junk food really isn't going to have a major benefit. And these supplements that people take, you know, individual synthetic supplements such as vitamin C or zinc, There is some research to suggest that vitamin C supplementation, for instance, is beneficial to reduce the duration and the severity of colds. Um, We're not talking about COVID-19 here. There may be, we we don't know yet, we don't know the effect Mm. of any supplement on COVID-19, but no supplement will prevent you from catching a virus. Some supplements may reduce the severity of things such as colds, but a lot of these things are really because people are low in specific nutrients, so things like vitamin C, zinc in particular, if you are low in these nutrients, then this may have a detrimental effect on the immune system. You may have an underfunctioning immune system or a compromised immune system. And that is when if you can get your nutrient levels up, you are going to see an improvement in the health of your immune system. But The danger here is that if you aren't low in zinc or you aren't low in vitamin D and then you go out and take high doses, this is when you can see potential toxicity issues or knock-on side effects to knocking out other nutrients. So I think it's important to first look at the basics, look at what we can do via the lifestyle factors and diet before we start reaching out and taking pills without looking at um, what we can do. Generally, to treat our health and wellness.
0: Yeah, I think uh, in your previous podcast, you've sort of made it quite clear that you know there is a role for supplementation, but the the foundation should be a healthy diet. So, you know, we had an integrative doctor, and actually, just yesterday, we did a podcast with him, and you know, he, uh, you know a blood test a lot to look at uh, different levels of micronutrients etc cetera, etc cetera. so for your average person your average client do you ever use any blood tests to assess these things or is it just a case of looking at their overall general diet to say look you should be pretty sufficient in these micronutrients I'm not entirely sure whether supplementation of zinc or, or otherwise is going to be beneficial for you how do you sort of go about supplementation
2: well, both of those, really. You, when you're talking to somebody, you can get a really good and finding out what they're eating on a daily basis. And when you, when I do talk to people about what they're eating, most people will tell me that they have a good diet. I would say 95% of people will say, oh, my diet's pretty good. And then when you ask them what they're eating on a daily basis, they will list to you or me, should I say, everything that they're eating and usually it will sound pretty much textbook perfect and that may be what they have on a perfect day so really the question is what do you eat on a bad day if you if what would you call a bad day and then try Mm. to break down what they're eating and how often they're having these bad days because you probably will find out um oh well that day doesn't count because I was really busy and oh well like this week 's been a bit all over the shop, and so the more you start to dig and investigate, the more you 'll get a really good idea of what somebody 's daily diet does look like and, and very often yeah. it 's not as good as they say that they think it is, so you can get a, a general understanding of what they may be low in um, also how they live their life you know stress levels etc what they 're eating because that 's going to affect their nutrient levels and when I say what they 're eating. It may not be the the nutrient, just the nutrient content of the food. It may be other foods or drinks that they're having that may be depleting or inhibiting nutrient absorption. So you can get a good general idea. But there may be other factors that are going on internally that may mean that this person isn't processing their nutrients as effectively. There may be malabsorption Issues there may be um, genetic polymorphisms that mean they can't convert certain nutrients as effectively. And I'm a big believer in pathology tests because the only really way to know is to um, do blood work and do pathology testing. So I think doing blood work to find out is really important. Saying that though, it does depend on the person interpreting the, interpreting the pathology. Results as to where you think they are. So, to give you an example, zinc levels in a medical arena, if you were trained medically, you would be looking at pathology reports very differently to what say a nutritionist would be looking at or a naturopath or an integrative GP for example and so this is where it gets confusing because a GP may say oh your zinc levels are fine they're within the normal range whereas Mm -hmm. somebody um, like myself would say oh I think your zinc levels are low we need to look at getting those up. Now, it may be by doing that via diet or it may be by doing it that they're solo, that person may need temporarily um, to take zinc supplements. The problem is quite often when clients come and they're told to take a supplement, one, whether they take them regularly or two, um, are they going to come back and get reassessed? It's important that they're reassessed and they get that pathology work taken again to see how those levels have improved because some people may go and see a nutritionist, naturopath, integrated GP, take the supplements and then think that they have to take them all the time and that's not necessarily the case. Some situations people may need to take supplements all the time so there's no black and white areas here but the main thing to realize is that first and foremost let's look at the diet, let's walk Let's look at what maybe you're not getting in your diet rather than go straight to a supplement. Let's look at what we can start to increase in your diet to get those levels up. For instance, some people may naturally be low in iron. We need to find out why are they low in iron? Is it something going on internally or is it simply because they are not eating enough iron-rich foods, or they're having more plant-based iron foods that are much harder to absorb. And so they therefore need to increase vitamin C and increase more iron-based foods. So there's lots of different factors at play. I think the most important thing is not to think, I'm low in zinc, so I need to take a zinc supplement permanently because I'm low in zinc. It's looking at we need to find out why and what we can do to get those levels up. Mm -hmm. Mm.
1: Um, Fiona, what's something that you... um about um, a few minutes ago was um, that obviously we don't um, have any sort of um, medicine at the moment for the virus and we don't really understand why it's affecting some people more than others. I mean, we know that um, certain uh, categories of people um, are more susceptible, whether you've got comorbidities, your age, all those sorts of things. Um, But one thing that has um, become apparent is that if you're already immune compromised, regardless of your age, that a virus such as this can have a much more devastating effect. So, you know, things like cortisol, um, exercising. I think there's a danger of people becoming quite sedentary in their homes. You know, we're designed to move, we're designed to exercise, um, we're designed to get out, get sunlight, all those sorts of things. So, it's important for people to know that no, we don't, we don't have a cure or a vaccine, anything like that, at the moment. But Reducing our viral load and doing what we can to be healthy will give us a much, much better chance of fighting off the virus or having the symptoms being much more minimal as opposed to potentially life-threatening.
2: Absolutely. And I think, you know, there's still so much we, we don't know. But it seemed there was something I was reading the other day about obesity being a key factor as well. Um, and we know obviously that that in itself will come with health issues. Um, diabetes which is in a way an an autoimmune condition that also is going to put people more at risk, cardiovascular disease, breathing difficulties, asthma, and even people with blood pressure issues. So there's a lot of people on blood pressure medication out there um, or have high blood pressure. And this seems to be posing to be an increasing risk for, um, you know, not being able to deal so well with the COVID-19. And it's something to do with the ACE2 receptors. So it seems to be that the virus seems to be latching onto onto these and these receptors are specifically um, influenced, I guess, if you like, by people that um, have got high, high blood pressure. So it can affect all ages. I think smoking is a massive issue because we know that the COVID-19 is really having an effect on on breathing. And so if somebody is a smoker, then we know that's going to really compromise the health of the lungs. But also remember that smoking does kill off these little... um, hair-like projections that are found in the lungs that are there to remove um, pathogens and debris and and use basically mucus. they're, they're, They're there to get rid of mucus in the lungs. So if these little villi are not there and not working effectively, then smokers are going to be really at risk. And it's interesting that, you know, some of the countries that have been really hit hard have got a high smoking rate, and that's just my my theory on that, but that's something to think about. So, looking at what we can do to support the immune system is really important. And I think one of the most important things to realise is that stress is going to really influence the immune system. And we know that stress is going to have an effect on our immune function. Um, Stress decreases lymphocytes, which are the white blood cells that help fight off the infection. Um, and the lower your lymphocyte level, the more at risk you are going to be for viruses, including things like colds, flus, and even cold sores. Um, and chronic stress really can lead to high levels of inflammation and an overworked and an overtired immune system that's not going to be able to protect you as well as it may usually be able to. So it's looking for ways to be able to manage stress. And for everyone that may be different it might be just taking time out to relax um, having a bath going for a walk doing guided meditation because not only are people stressed because there's this killer virus going around but now people are stressed because we've got a lot of people working from home so it may be a a mum and a dad working from home, now they're having to homeschool children, and it can be a pretty stressful situation. On top of that, people have lost jobs, they don't have as much income coming in, and so now that's even adding to that stress. So it's really Mm. important that we try and look at ways to reduce those stress levels, because we know that's going to have a major impact on the healthy functioning of the immune
1: system. Um, just to circle back to a point that we were talking about uh, earlier in the, in the podcast about supplementation, I just want to just, I guess, solidify uh, your, your views on this, is that um, potentially going out and panic supplementation could be um, quite bad um, in terms of not knowing where you might be deficient. And the human body is always trying to keep you in homeostasis and keep everything balanced. So if you aren't deficient and in a panic go out and take supplements like zinc and magnesium and all these sorts of things and start shoving all these tablets down your throat, um, you could potentially be opening yourself up to greater risk by throwing your body out of equilibrium is that, is that just to clarify that's what you were saying
2: possibly the the reality is we don't know yet we don't know what effect these mm. supplements um, will have on covid nineteen we, we don't know nobody knows um, so I think the thing to remember is if you're taking a a multivitamin and then you go and take a an immune supplement that maybe has got zinc and B vitamins and vitamin C in, you're also trying to eat healthier because you're worried about your health and well being, you could then be stacking up those nutrients and that's when they can become at a, a toxic level. So it's unlikely that short term taking a immune supplement that's got zinc and vitamin C. It's very unlikely that's going to have a negative effect on on your general health. It's where people mix and match and and cherry pick their supplements, and then take them long term, and not realise that sometimes these things are only only needed for for short term. So. There's no black and white answer to this. Some people may actually benefit. Some people may not benefit. It's really, I feel, looking first and foremost at let's look at gut health. Let's look, because if you think 70% of the immune system starts in, in the gut and there's this whole gut immune interface if you think that the gut really is is a, a very big player in the immune system. So let's look at what we can do to keep the gut healthy let's look at getting stress levels down let's look at exercise let's look at a a general healthy diet that's going to get those necessary nutrients we need things like folate iron selenium vitamin b6 b12 vitamin c vitamin a vitamin d zinc Um, we need all of these things and so a Something like the Mediterranean-style diet, that is what's full of fresh fruits and vegetables. We need protein as well because these um, cells need protein for um, really helping with a healthy immune system. So we need to get all of these things. These immune cells, such as antibodies, really need good quality protein to function optimally. Um the protein's vital to to help build and help repair body tissues and to fight viral and bacterial infections. So it's so intricate and complex. This is where if you're just having that, it's almost a false sense of security just to rely on, say, a vitamin C supplement. It's looking at the, the bigger picture and what we can do, get the basis right before we put the little sprinkles on, which are what I call the, you know, the supplements. It's get the the main things right, and then we look at whether we need a supplement. I think people are sort of maybe running out in fear, thinking, okay, well, I'm taking a a zinc and vitamin C, so I'm going to be okay. The evidence. So far, there's no evidence really um, to say that, well, we know that it's not going to protect us, but if you are low, then it may, may help with uh, um, the duration of, of something like a cold. And I think in some hospitals, they were even using IV vitamin C infusions. But remember that with vitamin C, for instance, we know that vitamin C is needed for healthy white blood cell production and function. Um, So it is involved in um, the immune system in in that way with the antibodies and the lymphocyte cells. But how much do we need? This is the question. So if you're having really high doses of vitamin C, vitamin C is an antioxidant, but in very high doses, it can become a pro-oxidant. So... Mm. It is quite a complicated, it's not as simple as just popping a pill. We mustn't overlook the importance of plant-based foods because these plant-based foods that are in the diet naturally contain phytochemicals that we know can have an impact on gene expression, particularly things such as cell protection. So certain phytonutrients and plant chemicals that are found in foods that are not in a vitamin C supplement are going to help with the cells to produce their own antioxidants to help to increase their cellular defences. So when we are just looking at relying on a vitamin C supplement, we're we're really missing the point of the importance of these phytochemicals and nutrients that are going to enhance your own cellular defense systems. They're going to help to downregulate those pro-inflammatory pathways in the body. And that's what we need to help with a healthy, balanced immune system. So for me, I think we're being really short-sighted to think it's as simple as taking an individualised supplement. It is far, far more complex than
0: that. Can I ask a question? Um, some people are taking supplements like Armour Force, which has got you know hundreds of things in them, but they've also got specific extracts like olive leaf extract and curcumin or turmeric or whatever it may be. So they're not specific micronutrients. They're sort of found in plants, presumably. Yes. So is there a difference in taking those sorts of things rather than, you know, specific micronutrients that you may never get in your diet unless you really look for those foods?
2: I think that's where it comes back down to – what we now know the importance of having a variety of different plant-based foods in the diet and the studies say that we need a minimum of 30 different plant-based foods per week to really and, and to get the diversity of nutrients which will include things such as phytochemicals, polyphenols, vitamins and minerals but also to get the prebiotic fiber that's going to actually feed the microbes in the gut. So when we're doing that, we are going to also be exposed to these phytochemicals that um, you're talking about, Jake, things like curcumin from turmeric and um, specific (coughs) plant compounds that come from um, things like um, rosemary extract, you know, herbs and spices. And we know, this is what I was talking about earlier, that that some of these plant compounds or phytochemicals, these are the ones that are able to help with this natural gene expression. And they have been found to activate what we call the nrf2 um, factor and this is what regulates the expression of an array of different enzymes that are important in detoxifying um, and having antioxidant functions in the body so i think you know we're underestimating the power of these phytochemicals and things such as olive leaf extract we know that olive oil for instance and olive leaf extract do contain these phytochemicals to be able to have this effect, same as um, curcumin from from turmeric. So I think looking at getting these in the diet is really important. Mm
0: -hmm. So we're circling back to a healthy
2: diet? We're circling back to a healthy diet. Now, if you are immune compromised, if you need an extra Um, you know you need some extra nutrients then that's when these supplements that are are usually more potent containing these ingredients are going to be of some benefit and I I don't see how they can be harmful but again it's when you start cherry picking and stacking up these supplements and having a healthy diet on top Mm. this is when you've got to be careful.
1: Now um, Fiona in terms of uh, the effects that this virus is having and who it's hitting um, hardest, we understand that it's the elderly generally and people, as you said, obese, diabetes, all those sorts of things. What, is there anything that we can do to try and protect our, our most at-risk um, population or the people who are at most risk of having, I guess, the worst possible outcome or effect of the virus?
2: I don't know if you can hear my dog in the background there. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, look, again, it, it really comes down to protecting those people. The best thing we can do is, is really take that government advice of self-isolation and really taking things seriously because if we're going out meeting people or inviting people over to the home, then, in effect, we can be, you know, sharing, if you like, the virus or transmitting the virus. I do think there's probably a lot of people walking about with the virus that may not be showing signs of the virus. And that is where we have to be careful. I know people are... uh, a couple of weeks ago, I know skin centres when they were still seeing clients were taking people's temperature, which is all well and great, but there still can be people coming in that are that have the virus that may not be showing signs. So I think follow the recommendation of staying home, not having um, close contact with people these are the main things, washing your hands, following all of those recommendations, um, not coughing over people. We've heard it time and time again, but, but these are really important when when it comes to not transmitting the virus. So that's really the most important thing we can do. And then looking at ways, lifestyle factors that are going to actually help support our general health and well-being. I think you mentioned earlier, David, that exercise is important. And we know that daily exercise is going to be great for our health and well-being but also our mental health. But getting some physical exercise is also going to be good for the immune system because it's going to help stimulate the lymphatic system, it's it's stimulating the um circulatory system. And we know that there's been studies on exercise and the impact on exercise and how susceptible we are to things like colds, because um, the health of the immune system is directly um, affected by exercise. So, I think it is important that we are exercising every day saying that too much exercise is then going to put stress on the body and compromise the immune system. So it's again getting that fine balance. But something that is very interesting is in, I don't think people realise that the immune system ages. So the older we get, the more compromised the immune system becomes because like everything, it's, it's aging and things such as the thymus gland, which is involved in the immune system, we know that um, the thymus gland is a gland that is situated in the neck and it filters and monitors the contents of our blood and it also produces white blood cells and um it actually shrinks with age and interestingly mm-hmm. studies have shown that if we have more muscle tone and we we exercise as we age that actually can slow the the shrinkage of the thyroid uh, sorry the thymus gland so Everything in our body is really interconnected, you know, the gut and the immune system, exercise, muscle tone, which is also going to affect the lymphatic system and the the thymus gland, even the bone marrow. You know, it's really important that we, we look at supporting the immune system in a holistic way rather than just rely on a pill. And I guess that's a message that I feel is important to get out there. It is really a holistic approach to health and well being rather than look at vitamin supplements as almost a medicine that is going to be a, a quick fix because there is no quick fix
0: first, you know, so we obviously live in the eastern suburbs of Sydney. It's a nice part of town. Um, presumably, your clientele is largely based on this sort of population. Now, they're probably quite a motivated subset of people because they're coming to someone like you for support generally, forget COVID-19 and everything else. Um, are they reporting back any difficulty in eating healthily as a result of all the shortages in the shops or social distancing or how has that affected the general person's diet would you say
2: I think it goes two ways and even I said myself I was half joking but half serious saying that I could come out of this either really fat or really ripped it could go one way or or the other Um, and I myself am a self-confessed comfort eater. I, I don't drink. I don't take drugs. I, I'm, I live a pl- pretty clean life. But if I'm feeling stressed, my go-to is um, probably carbs. And so mm. I have to be particularly mindful in times like this. And I know a lot of people that I've been speaking to have also found that for them they're either drinking more alcohol or they're having more comfort food and that's okay because sometimes you know we need to get through this time and people are more stressed and we do need something to help support so it's not about beating yourself up and getting more stressed and and then going on really strict diets and getting into a a vicious cycle but it's about catching it being mindful of it and making sure that we are getting plenty of the the good stuff in the fresh fruits and veggies um you know if if now is the time to get the vitisol in more than ever because it's helping to support you know getting that goodness back into into the body so i i do notice that I mean, we know that everyone's been buying up the pasta and Mm. a lot of people have been buying a lot more processed food to stock up on, but there's still plenty of fresh fruits and vegetables out there and I think we're now beginning to realise that we're not going to have a shortage of those and, and to include those in the diet. And if, if anyone has been finding the diet slip a bit, it's about being mindful of that. I, somebody was saying to me the other day that they'd eaten all their Easter eggs because <laughs> um, they, got, they got stressed. And I think people are doing more baking now as well. And so if, you, if you're baking cakes and, and doing all that, then of course you're going to be eating them. So it's about being mindful of how you're responding to this not beating yourself up and getting back on it as soon as you can, increasing the exercise and and really trying to get in those healthy foods as well so that you don't then turn into this negative spiral and then come out of hibernation, if you like, or isolation where we, we really let ourselves go.
1: When these sorts of situations pop up, I mean, you know, it's been 100 years since you've had something like this happen, but when you have these sort of cataclysmic events, In some ways, it's important to focus on the positives that we can take out of these situations, which is, you know, all the things that we should be doing, you know, washing our hands, getting eight hours of sleep a night, um, you know, being mindful about how we interact with people that are high risk generally when you've got a cold or a flu, eating healthily, exercising, all these sorts of things. Maybe, Maybe these sort of situations, the positive we can take out of it is the reminder that we need to return to these basics. These are things that we should have been doing all the time leading up to this situation. I mean, this is these aren't just new, new guidelines that have just been, you know, thought of now. We, we know these things, really. I mean, everyone's got a smartphone, you know, everyone's got access to information whenever they want it. So the positive messages here is re- we need to return to basics. This is maybe the wake-up call that we all needed to start taking our health more seriously and the way that we interact with each other, especially elderly people or people that are at risk. Um, so, I mean, I guess, would you agree with that? And then secondly... Um, What can we do if someone does get the virus, um, what can they do to try and speed up their recovery? I mean, the people are going to be affected. Some people don't get affected at all. Some people are on ventilators, but I guess there's a spectrum in between there. Um, What can people do if they are positive and are fighting the virus? sorry multi-pronged question there sorry
2: <laughs> yeah and I yeah just remind me to answer them as I as I go off at different <laughs> tangents but I I do feel you know it, it almost feels getting super spiritual here but it, yeah it has got that feeling that we've all been sent to our rooms and God's told us to go and think about things and be appreciative of the simple things in life I feel almost that the you know, with social media at the moment, it was becoming so narcissistic. It was all about, you know, look at me, look where I am, look what I'm wearing, look how much money I've got. And it was becoming very narcissistic and almost repulsive, actually. And I, I think that maybe now is a good time to really reevaluate and think, you know, got a roof over my head the sunrises, the beauty of the sunrise and the sunset and being out in nature. And now we're beginning to really appreciate being able to go out for a walk in nature, you know, the simple things. I think we are going to be so appreciative of the simple things like being able to go to a cafe to catch up with a friend, going out for dinner, being able to go to the movies, all of this sounds almost like something out of a movie, you know, if if we were told six months ago we wouldn't be allowed to um, go to movies, cafes, restaurants, catch up with friends, then I think we wouldn't have believed it. But now I think Mm. we're beginning to value what is important in life. And that is being around friends and family, appreciating the importance of our health and learning what we can do about it. Because really, if you think about it now, all these people on Instagram that were flaunting their wealth and their fancy lifestyles, they're struggling because they've got no content. (laughs) Um, And I think people now are really beginning to, to value value what's important and money and status and what you look like at times like these, this really means absolutely nothing. So I am hoping that this will really ground us all and make us realize what is important and and value and put value on the simple pleasures and the simple things in life. And I I really do believe that it is going to do that for hopefully a, a lot of people and, I think, answer to the second question, David, that you had about what can people do to recover, really it's rest. I think follow the medical advice from your medical advisor, but don't underestimate the importance of rest because the body needs sleep. It needs to be able to rest and repair and to rebuild. And it's such an important thing. So this is giving us time even if you're not sick to be at home to rest to get things done that you've always wanted to do and i think this is a time of really reevaluating our lives and looking at i've got the time now if it's now or never really and i think this is going to be the perfect time of sifting through and those people that are really serious about wanting to achieve certain things in their life or changing their business or writing that book or doing whatever it is that they want to do, now is the perfect time to do it. We've actually got no excuses. And so I think take this opportunity and and run with it. And I think there was a a saying by Winston Churchill, and I can't remember the exact saying, but it was something about – Don't waste the opportunity of a crisis. We are in a crisis, if you like. So use that, use that time, use what what it's doing for positive and and not for negative. And and mental health and wellbeing at this time is so, so important. And even the strongest of minds is going to be challenged during this time. So it's being aware and being on top of your thoughts, your feelings and looking at what we can do to come out of this closer and
0: stronger and and with gratitude yeah it's a great time to rewrite your website or your business plan that you've been thinking about for a long time or you know all those things that you just push to the side because you think oh, i am too busy i don't have time for this well now we've got all the time in the world so yeah um, you're obviously a nutritionist by trade but how how much emphasis do you put on sleep and reducing stress in your consultations fiona
2: it's a big thing, you know, I'm skincare, nutrition, and of course I've got yoga training as well, and part of yoga oh. is the importance of the breath, and we know that the breath will, um, how deep we breathe, one, it's going to impact the health of the lungs, it's also going to affect the vagus nerve and the nervous system, and so it's got A huge impact on skin on general health and well-being and I I believe that stress is a massive cause of a lot of health issues and disease within the body and so I think being able to and I know if I'm under stress I get all these weird signs and symptoms um And I know when I'm under stress because I get these weird things happening in my body and that's that's how I know, oh, okay, I'm getting a bit bit stressed here. Um, Mm You know, if we're run down or stressed, we can find that we get cold sores. People react differently to stress, but that's got a huge impact. Sleep, we know we need that for rest and repair. Um, Sleep will even influence our weight. Um, So... I think it's about looking at things in a holistic way and really understanding that everything in the body is interconnected. What happens in the gut influences the brain, vice versa. What happens in the gut influences the skin. What happens on the skin influences the gut. So it's not as simple as just taking one thing and looking at it separately, It's about looking at what we can do holistically because everything is going to have a knock-on effect. Interestingly, I'm not trained in it, but I find Chinese medicine very, very fascinating because Chinese medicine for years has always looked at the body as a whole. And in Western medicine, it's very much if something's wrong with the body, we either give a pill, a medicine, or we cut it out. Whereas in Chinese medicine, it's looking at how all of the organs work together and work synergistically together. And they're looking at, you know, these energy channels through the body. And what is interesting is in Chinese medicine, the large intestine and the lungs are what they call sister organs, which I find fascinating. because. We're also in what they call the in which is the metal element, and it's the lungs and the large intestines which are particularly prominent. So what they what basically they're saying is if you have an issue with the large intestine, you can have an issue with the lungs and vice versa. So you need to strengthen different organs in the body to strengthen other organs, which makes perfect sense to me. And I think it's something in the West that we have been a little bit slow on the update. We're now knowing. So much more about the gut microbiota and how that influences pretty much everything in the body. But I think it's interesting that in Chinese medicine they've been looking at that for years and years and years. So just because something doesn't have the evidence or hasn't been studied, I think we also need to be aware of being guided by evidence, but don't be blinded by it. Don't don't completely rule something out. And I think if something is working for you, if you are finding a herb or an Echinacea tea is amazing for you, then take it if it's working Mm. for
1: you. Um, It's almost like a giant jigsaw puzzle, Fiona. sleep Sleep's a piece, nutrition's a piece, but if you've got a piece missing on that puzzle board, there's a hole that something can get through and, and, you know, ruin your day um, or whatever. So... um, Thank you so much for your time. It's been um, fascinating as always, and I know that um, everyone's probably trying to get a piece of your brain at the moment and get some advice. So thank you for taking the time to have a chat with us, Jake Moe. I appreciate it as always. Um, Just for listeners who are, once again, perhaps looking to um, do what they can to abuse immune systems, could you just remind us where people can get VitaSol from um, because this is probably an opportune time um, to start on that new health regime or to get this sort of a product into your system?
2: Yes, yeah, so the VitaSol products, they're all natural, they're all whole foods, so we, we don't use synthetic vitamins, um, and it's all prebiotic-based, so supporting gut health. That's available from our website, www.vita-sol.com, so V-I-T-A-S-O-L.com, and also from our selected VitaSol stockers, which are qualified skin specialist now obviously they're closed at the moment but a lot of them are providing online consults and they are also um, have their own online websites for skincare and vitasol products as well so they're all listed on the vitasol website too
0: and fiona are you still doing consultations for new clients or is it just supporting your old clientele
2: so I'm not taking on any new clients at the moment. I've had to put a stop to that purely because of my work schedule. So any existing clients I do still see, but I'm not taking on new clients and um, I'm, spending the majority of my time now training, and that's really within the VitaSol community. So training in the skincare arena, training skin specialists on the benefits of nutrition and how that can influence the skin. So we do a lot of training, not specific, we do specific product training on the VitaSol products, but training on how nutrition can influence things like pigmentation acne and um, really helping the skin specialist to be able to look more holistically when they're treating their clients so have to be very careful not to take them outside of their scope of practice but it's about giving them the tools and the information to know how to recognize the skin that may be nutrient compromised or find out a little bit more about the diet. And lifestyle of the client and how that may be influencing their current skin condition and that therefore is going to really maximize skincare results for the clients
0: perfect well thank you so much for your time again we really do appreciate it and thanks for logging in through zoom hopefully this is usable for our listeners and the sound quality is okay um so stay safe and we'll catch up soon
2: my pleasure
0: for our latest news, upcoming guests and episode topics, follow us on Instagram at inside
1: underscore aesthetics. During the week before every recording, look out for our Instagram stories as we'll give you the opportunity to submit your questions to our guests and get a shout out. You can also DM us for any other information, suggestions or guest requests.